0: NBA free agency is heating up, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. And it sounds like we're going to find out if that's true coming up. Raph, have you heard anything about this? How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm fine. Um, I'm not sure what you're alluding to. I know what I may want to talk about, but would that's you like to what I'm. Those
0: ideas. Well, first of all, we need to wish you a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. You turned 42 this week. Mm-hmm. An amazing accomplishment. You have the personality of someone so much younger. And as part of that birthday offering you were given some information, which I'm not happy about. I was keeping (laughs) that... Why were you
1: not happy about it? Because I'm I'm intrigued to know why you wouldn't be happy about this information I got. Well, I
0: think the audience and everyone that's ever joined the Verbal Tap show is going to understand exactly why. When we Mm -hmm. tell them, I am coming to visit. Mm -hmm. That was part of the Your Lovely Wife arranged for a birthday gift for me to come to LA so you and I can do podcast jujitsu things mm-hmm. which people should check out Raf's sou- southern I was going to say Southwest <laughs> but it's more like a southern jiu-jitsu California tour mm-hmm. it's a good business for when you decide to retire which is 26, 27 years 42, mm. it's anyway I'm coming and I would have preferred that information be kept a secret until say I arrived
1: so that was your, your goal on this one.
0: Yeah, so bring on the surprise, right? Let's wait until it's really face-to-face. That's a surprise. Mm. I enjoy this uh, opening segment
1: more than most because I let you get off far too many jokes at my expense without giving <laughs> you your fair due. But that's fine. Yes, I did turn a year older, which is 34 years young for those of you counting. Um, the nice part about getting older is I don't mind talking about how old I am because other people don't do it well, Kevin. But when they don't do it well, they try to make other people feel like, oh, no, you're old. And it, it literally just bounces off me because, like, honestly, it feels exactly the same. Like, nothing really changes after you your have, 25th birthday. To
0: be fair, you have a lot of energy. You have more energy. I than have most a people. lot of energy.
1: Yes, as you keep saying, that is a surprise. As if I'm 60
0: and don't need sleep. I'm just those two things. Maybe you haven't embraced the aging process like some of the rest of us. Go on.
1: And I've also looked the exact same for over 10 years. I'm timeless. I understand You're like these. 14. Things.
0: I would yeah. actually like to see your ID. From when oh, you're, like, you getting your learner's it. permit? Because it's like, <laughs> ah, did you take this yesterday? When was this taken?
1: Actually, before I had to replace my uh, my driver's license, people were thoroughly entertained because it still had a picture of me pre-beard. And every time people saw it, it, you could see the hope and the dreams in that young child's eyes. And you look at me, and I would just be like, just give me a fucking beer. <laughs> Don't waste my fucking time. Okay, <laughs> so here's what happened. So um the wife was doing a whole series of really awesome things for my birthday, which I, I truly appreciate. And you know, we went we got a massage and then I was able to kind of uh allow uh the injuries that people were putting on me uh to kind of recuperate for a little bit. So I was feeling good. And she was like, Yeah, hey, do you want to go grab lunch now?
0: We can do all you can eat sushi. Quick question. You can go for train. You. Yes, go ahead. Do you work while you get a massage? I know most people will like put <laughs> their phone down and everything. Do you tweet while you're getting one? They or?
1: yell at me so much every time I go there. Like they know my type of person. They go, Oh, leave your phone right there. No and I bones. go. And I'm always looking at them like, listen, I get what this is, but up until the moment you start this massage, I'm going to be doing work. And they're like, no, relax, okay. feel the energy. And I'm like, what the fuck is the energy? There's I, no. I think we've answered my question. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah, all right. So uh, we do the massage. But then the lady, and this is very nice of her. She was like, you know, you can go train tonight. I just didn't know if you'd want to do that. And I started thinking, I was like, that's so rad. I do want to go train because Kevin was asking me how many open mats I had scheduled for my birthday. But here's the problem. If you eat all you can eat in sushi, you do not want to go train. Like, I'm going to get my money's worth at an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet, and it's delicious. But after having some, you know, baked Alaskan, I'm not going to be
0: in the best mood to go and have someone go neon belly on me. Yeah, so that, that third spicy tuna mm-mm. will sort of remind you. It's like, I like a little spice with my sushi.
1: Yeah. Are... So my wife had been doing this thing where she's like, are you talking to Kevin today? And I was like, no, nah, not really. And she goes, okay. And she seen me get my phone. She's like, have you talked to Kevin? And I was like, no, he's an idiot. I don't – like literally – no, I, I don't want to talk to him. And then uh, at a certain point as we're eating dinner, she's like, OK, good. And she goes, oh, are, you, are you talking? And I was like, oh, he said something stupid like how's your birthday and whatever. Um, so I send Kevin a text back that's just like, oh, it's going great. How's everything going with you? I don't really care. But – she looks at me, and then she goes, okay, I'm going to give you your gift. And on the gift, she gives me some nice smaller gifts, and she goes, here's your big gift. And I go, okay. And I look down, and it says, you know, blah, 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 I love you stuff. And then, hey, Kevin's going to come visit. And I was like, that's such a nice – wait, is there a receipt to this?
0: Is that... Can I exchange this? Is Because that... like... I have a friend in Illinois that I've really been thinking about.
1: So after maybe about five minutes of a conversation that, if you really boil it down, comes to, Kevin...
0: Can't refund it. Really? Yeah. And here's where I start Again, to Again, all of verbal taps on your side here. They're Absolutely like, there's right. a lot of cool people you could have brought down <laughs> for a few days. Homeless guy down the street, he's okay. He's I know, I have him.
1: a Coke dealer that's a ton of fun. It's not what you think. Could have brought me Kevin's weed dealer. Um, Ballpark dispensary. So, mm-hmm. And obviously we're joking, but... You know, I was excited because I thought, oh, cool. It's a chance to see Kevin. I don't get to see him a ton. Um And then I started thinking two things, which is less about my birthday and more about business. So I was thinking, I was like, well, what do we have to do? And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm starting to schedule out what I'm going to do to Kevin. OK, I need to take him here. We need to do stuff for the website. We need to do this. And which like, I assume was
0: fun? the birthday gift. Yes. I thought that was. Well, yeah, I was like, oh hell yes like scheduling mode triggers it's like where can I, what's the best gym for him to vomit at which is like the second or third Raph knows my schedule it's like the second or third gym we hit that'll be that'll be the. but one. i always
1: say the same thing about kevin coming here is i always say i'm a workaholic and kev is um well you're
0: not you know i strike a balance <laughs> Between you, I not you working a balance. and being lazy, I strike a nice balance in there. No, so I think you find one of those very easily more than the other. It was not working and being lazy. i have a balance in there. So, so I always I'm
1: tell Kevin before far we right. start any trip is I always say, "Tell me how much is too much because I'll keep you working till you fall asleep." Um, anyway, so I'm excited. But then after you know, I was joking with Kelly and I was joking with Kevin. I was like, "Oh, cool!" And he, you know, Kevin's really excited, so it was really nice. And I really appreciate them uh, conspiring together to do this because it is a special thing. Like I said, I don't see Kevin a ton. And whenever we do this podcast, it's fun. But there is a moment that it's not as fun when you don't get to be in the same room with the person because, uh, you know, whenever we do stuff in person, it always is like it just feels super natural. And it's super like we've been doing this for a million years Um but there was one moment where I just stopped and I looked at her and I go, how long has this been going on? Like, how long have you guys been planning this? And she goes, oh, like three weeks or so or four weeks. And I was
0: like, Kevin's been lifting. <laughs> we swear. Hold yes. on. For people that don't know Raph, life's always a puzzle. The things are always drifting around his he- head waiting to be put together. So he and I have been actively talking about our training regimens. So, I didn't know you were finding out Saturday. I didn't know. I, I, I assumed, you know, it's her gift. I assumed she would tell you. Mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't going to step on it because silence is my friend. And this is where we get to, like, I'd say, how many things click <laughs> through your head once you were like, wait, he's known? Or was it? Well,
1: because I thought I was like, Kevin's had a three week head start and he's coming to murder me. So, let's <laughs> but- review. He's lifting. He's doing some yoga. He's been doing – what did he tell me once? He was doing a a two-a-day. He doesn't do those. And then it all, like, came together, and I just stopped, and I was like, how long have you known, Kev? So the next day, Kev, very nonchalantly, was like, how did you feel? How was the birthday? I was like, that's so great. I'm so happy you're coming. Hey, quick quick question. How much have you been training to do this? You've had three weeks to know before i did you have been actively (laughs) getting ready to roll against me without my knowledge like
0: only thing i regret is that it's not seven weeks mm, only regret i I have is that i didn't have a whole seven weeks head start because i was going with like a plus minus system too i was like for every day he doesn't know (laughs) and i do it's a win
1: And I got so mad. And I knew you knew I would be mad. And then the one thing I knew that really triggered me was I came to you with this accusation. And what was your response when I said, Kevin, have you been training this whole time?
0: Ah, Just a few days. It wasn't uh... even
1: that. It wasn't even you lollygagging around the question. It was a very – you've been training in preparation to roll against me. And your answer was a very simple yes. And at which point I said, you motherfucker. (laughs)
0: Because now I know how smug you're looking over and on the other side. Rap, it hasn't just been training wise. It's been like, she- should I eat another piece of cake? Wait, I'm going to train with Raph. Nope. Like, it's been every month. That's fine. Of my it's 4th of July,
1: Kevin. You've got to celebrate America. You've got to eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. You know, I'll uh, tell you this today. I actually had a hot dog, and the whole time I was like, fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> I can eat this hot dog and still be fine.
0: And I just want to tell, so Verbal Tap fans don't think we're in any way, like this was an argument off air that we (laughs) brought on air. Like this thing was going on heatedly. We're like, we should roll tape for a few minutes. So you're getting a a pretty unfiltered view into our friendship and the things that go into it. One of them was I was more than willing to show up from the airport to I break down wherever I was meeting you That was going to be fine for me as the first reveal. Not another (laughs) word needed to be said. And you know what? I would have been pissed, but I
1: actually, I will let you know this right now. I accept those challenges all the time. So I would have literally dropped everything. I would have been pissed. I would have been like, all right, well, then that's what we're doing. Well,
0: you're a much bigger person than I am because I would have been. I would have probably done like a sweet 16 cry (laughs) moment and then obviously been excited. Mm-hmm. so we 're going to talk to Valerie Worthington, and i 'm stoked <laughs> i'm so glad that this is the intro to Val, who has yeah. a very
1: great interview with us it 's just us bickering like old people yeah uh, she's
0: gonna be like, thanks, guys. That was the real hot stuff I needed rolling into the the books that's um you know it's that's what happens when you talk to us really absolutely You can All right. sign on well let 's go
1: to that interview because that's way more important than anything. Uh, Kevin has to surprise us with.
0: Global Tap fans, Jujitsu's hard, you would say. Raph, is that fair? jiu like not an easy thing to do.
1: What a great blanket statement. Yes, Thank I you. would say it is difficult. Uh, I don't know that anybody's aware of that.
0: Writing a book has to be up there with harder. I think it's in the conversation in the sense of like putting down an entire group of thoughts. We have someone that's great at both on the show. Valerie Worthington, you wrote Training Wheels. That's why we're going to be chatting with you. But you've you're a busy jujitsu person. You've been training since 1998. How are you doing? First of all.
2: I'm fine, thanks. I'm really happy to be on the show. And uh, man, when you say when you say it like that, it seems like I've been training for almost 20 years.
0: It, from uh, so, Rap and I are both relatively new school, meaning we started after 2000, I guess. Um, but even from 10 years ago to start in 1998, how do you start in 98? Was there like two people that knew about it? Like, how does that trigger?
2: It was actually a. Um, I got bored. So I was in graduate school in Michigan and I had always been active as a kid. And then when I got to graduate school, I was pretty inefficient at being in graduate school. So I was studying basically all the time. And then when my second year kicked around, I decided that I couldn't live with that kind of imbalance in my life anymore. So I thought I'll do I'll, I'll uh, put myself through a physical challenge. And I decided to train for and run a marathon and I ran a couple of marathons and I really enjoyed the preparation and the, um, and how I felt when I accomplished the goal. But then it turned out that I wasn't so interested in running anymore. So after that, having We've become very, there, right, uh, by
0: the way, yeah. it's like, you know, so, running's boring. Have you noticed? Yeah.
2: Well, my terrible joke that I, that I have no problem trotting out at any, at any opportunity is that these days I only run when chased. so i uh it uh you know and so that means i don't really have to run very much um but i was i had become kind of addicted to the high of um of challenging myself physically and i thought you know martial artists they spend they spend their lifetimes trying to improve at at their at what they do with their passion and so i started out Doing Muay Thai at a place that was in the town I was going to graduate school in. So, for for a little while, I kicked and punched, and I got kicked and punched, and then um, threw an elbow and a knee every now and then. But on the next mat over, there was this crazy class going on, and it was full of people doing things that I later found out were called hip escapes and Mm -hmm. jujitsu sit ups and judo rolls and all kinds of craziness. And I thought to myself. Those people look insane, and I need to be doing what they're doing. So, (laughs) i I didn't know what a grace what a Gracie was. My first instructor back in ninety eight was a blue belt, Um, and I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, you know, maybe someday I'll get a blue belt." And I just had no idea what a what um, a life this is going to open up for me. And uh, and it took took sort of you know some. It didn't take actually very much time for me to become completely. Uh, enamored of it and uh and then I kinda left Muay Thai in the dust too. So sorry, Muay Thai, I'm really impressed with you and it's not you, it's me. Um You're just tough uh, on the head. It was time to move on.
0: You're tough on the head and you're a little (laughs) tough on the joints, if we're if we're gonna be honest and tell it like it is to Muay Thai.
2: Exactly. And you gotta give me some credit, Muay Thai, for not just ghosting you.
0: That's. Did you tell it like you you sent? I guess it's ninety eight, so you can't just shoot it a text. You had to no, sit down at a I local coffee shop. Well,
1: she had to do an away message uh, <laughs> on, on her AOL AIM. <laughs> if we're being honest, I think, I think it was comp.
2: It was Compuserve.
1: <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> oh, Michigan. <It's
2: laughs> and and I actually had to I had to go to Lycos. Or was it Ask Jeeves to find out how I could, you know, let him down easy, let oh, Moi Thai down easy?
0: How do, you, how do you let Muay Thai down easy? <laughs> <laughs> and in 1998, blue belt equals black belt now. Mm-mm. I mean, in terms oh, of its, its knownness. Like, there must have been six people doing jiu in the United States in 1998.
2: There were not many. And I'll tell you what, I obviously, well, I was in Michigan, which wasn't, wasn't ever going to be, or at the time it wasn't a hotbed of jujitsu activity. But um, even, like I said, I didn't know any of the broader context of jujitsu. I just knew the people that I trained with who, um, you know, we all wore these sort of droopy gis because we didn't really know how to size them and we didn't know how to tie our belts and And so our blue belt instructor, he just looked really together in comparison. And he was, and he knew good stuff, but I just didn't even have the perspective to understand that he was only a little bit farther along than the rest of us. And um, it wasn't until I moved to Chicago um, some years later that I actually met a black belt and saw that there were people who were actually wearing black belts and that that was a thing. And, oh, you can actually do much better at jujitsu than a blue belt.
1: (laughs) That's going to be so great. And I mean, you're so honest in, in your book about the transitions. And the thing I've always respected about you is you are one of the very few people that we could look to in the sport. And you write very well. But it comes from a founded place. Like you put research in your articles, which I think is almost illegal. (laughs) So uh, sometimes when I'm reading it, I'm always like, is this jujitsu? Because there's a study involved in here. And, whoa, (laughs) my brain's a little like, uh, you know, Kevin and I, the nice part about it is we relate on it because uh, we've done forensics and we've done grad school. So, you know, that part of our brain is always very well taken care of. But we do see that as a missing component within the sport. So it's very nice of you to take up that heed uh, because I can only imagine what an uphill battle it is if you haven't used the word birambolo within a paragraph and keeping people's interest. (laughs) But I do love the fact that you and myself and Kevin, we actually share a lot more experiences just based off of what you're writing in the book. Uh, A lot of what you're doing is writing about – Kind of how you started your journey and how you did something that I guess at a time – in the book, you even kind of compare it to E. Pray, Love where you went on this jujitsu journey. But um, it's a really fascinating thing that you were kind of at a weird place in your life and then you decided the best thing to do was to really just go out. And go on this adventure for jujitsu, and go to different academies, and and blog about it. So this all takes place in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: ten years ago, actually, actually, from the time we're talking, it's ten years ago tomorrow to the day that I, was, I uh, that I left. I and actually, went on my journey
1: when I was making notes last night. Uh, I had sent Kevin a text that was like, "Do you are you aware this is 10 years to the day?
0: You actually sent me a screenshot of exactly the paragraph you're talking about, about the condo um, at like <laughs> two in the morning, by the way, Ref, just as a heads up. <laughs> so yeah, I woke up to that. So we are keenly aware. Happy almost 10 year anniversary then.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's... Um... It's definitely been a game changer, but I, I, I think in the best way possible. And and to get back to what you were saying about um, my writing, thank you for the kind words. I think the the fact that I tend to cite um, external studies and authors and things that that's definitely a function of. Um, my college education and my grad school education it 's also a function of the fact that uh, it 's really hard to have an original thought
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: so, so when you have a thought, when you have a thought and you go wow that 's really brilliant," then you kind of have to look around and see who thought it first because it probably wasn 't yeah. me um, but they're just they're, the thing that I found also was that um, so many of the the sources that I cited that didn 't on their surface have anything to do with Brazilian jiu jitsu were actually. Very consistent with what I was experiencing, sometimes with what I was experiencing on the mat, sometimes with, um, the questions that I had started to ask myself about my life, um, in the context of doing this crazy martial art. And the other thing that I have tried to do is just be honest. So I know that, that, uh, there can be a tendency sometimes, um, particularly when it's, uh, when people are writing articles about how things should be, or what we should do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're written in the second person, you know, you should do this, you should do that. And I always tried to be really careful about writing it in the first person, first person plural, yeah. we need to be considering this, we need to be considering that. And using examples from my own, um, not so illustrious history of places that i've made mistakes and things that i wish i hadn't done and ways that i that i would have changed things if i had the opportunity to go back because man i make mistakes all the time and i think that as a reader i'm i find it much more appealing when the when the author is drawing me in and we're mm-hmm. kind of in it together as opposed to when the author is kind of sort of Uh, In a literary way, wagging their finger at me and saying, you need to do this and and uh, and making it seem like like that person is above this discussion. When, boy, you know, I if I ever tried to say I was I was above a discussion of how to be a better person in jujitsu, then (laughs) everybody who knows me would just laugh out loud.
1: Uh, Especially if you have this omnipresent uh, narrator that just goes, well, you guys are so silly. With the mm-hmm. way you do jiu but I know jiu-jitsu. Um, it's a very similar mm-hmm. uh, facet to what I call for good commentary, which is that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand when you're doing commentary for jujitsu. you sometimes, if you are just literally talking from the moment of, well, you know, I like to do this and uh, I'm not a big fan of this move, you inherently create a relationship with your audience and saying, well, they have to believe you. So
0: mm-hmm. then it
1: becomes yeah. – do I think that you were a good jujitsu jitsu practitioner? And mm-hmm. instead, what you really want to do is create a conversation that involves them in saying, you know, um, I'm really intrigued what they're doing here because it opens them out for doing this and this and this, and I wonder if they're trying for this. And it's a very slight pivot, but it makes a world of difference because people may not think that through. They may just go, oh, I like this guy or I don't. But that's mm-hmm. the real context that you do when you, you do that, uh, just from my own experiences. But... There's something interesting that I, I find that you were – when you're talking about honesty, you were not kidding about that because you start right away in the book about talking about experiencing uh, depression and going through that and finding jiu-jitsu as a major uh, way of curbing that in your life. And I thought that was just so great of you to be so honest about that because we know there are so many people who do deal with that and it is a very proactive way – of uh sharpening your mind but also being good for your mental health so i I just wanted to thank you for being very honest with that as part of your experience
2: oh you're welcome and i I'll, i'll tell you what i would not have been nearly as brave about um about being that honest if i hadn't already had some really positive feedback on the blog that i maintained when i was going on this trip and there were times when um I was driving around the country not really knowing where I was going to going to next. And I do these kind of stream of consciousness. Holy God, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And many of them did not make it onto the blog, but some of them did. And I remember thinking to myself as I was going to post one, like I'd sort of close my eyes most of the way and, you know, lean away from the computer and then I'd hit enter. And then that, you know, that very sort of revealing, um, Blog posts that made me feel incredibly vulnerable would go out, and I'd just wait for the for the trolls to come out of the, the woodwork. Yeah. And I'm I'm stunned that about how much positive feedback I got from people about either thank you so much, I feel the same way, or what you said. You know, you're very brave to to do this. And then I started to realize that just like the blog, the, in some ways, the book was actually a very selfish endeavor because it really was for me to try to make sense of what my, what my experience had been so that I could make sure that I, that I learn as much from it as I can and use as much from it as I can in the future. And so a combination, I think of, um, you know, a little bit more confidence that there are people like me out there who, who have these kinds of experiences and may not have, you know, people to talk to about them. um, And also just a a kind of a constant reminder to myself that this is something that I need to do to be true to myself. um, So I can't, I can't avoid this topic because this is who I was at the time. So it was sort of a combination of those things. But but thank you very much. It's just it's I can't tell you how gratifying it is to have people say, you know, either, you know, your book made I don't read and I read your book and I really enjoyed (laughs) it. Or, you know, your book made me think about my own life and it gave me some courage to do some things that I've been thinking of doing and or or you know, I have depression in my family, or um, I experienced depression, and it was just really meaningful to hear from somebody who experiences it as well. And you, you know, you put it into words in a way that I haven't been able to. So those kinds of things are incredibly gratifying. And they make me realize that even though it did start out as something that was for me, now that it's out and available to people, people are making it what they need to for them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we've given Kevin 3 gold stars for reading this week on the chart, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes.
0: A personal <laughs> best in 2016, by the yep. way. Mhm. Here's what How
1: many
2: cupcakes do how many cupcakes do you get for that? Is so... that like
0: is it a we're trying to get me back into <laughs> shape here, Valerie, so we're on a no-cupcake <laughs> kick. I uh, got knee Fair surgery enough. in October, but oh, if no. someone but if were really to... take
1: s- a look at Kevin, you'd be like, he's eaten plenty of cupcakes. Yes, i, I think found he's my way to fun. the
0: cupcakery, <laughs> but I don't think that's a bad suggestion moving into the second half of summer, we'll maybe. Think about just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said in the book, underneath the little thing of cupcakes would be fantastic. <laughs> and... Valerie, Absolutely. there's also an argument to be made. People are positive because you can choke them out. I'm sure that's not the only reason, but there is a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, she's traveling the world fighting people. Maybe let's not get. <laughs> <laughs> there could be some of that, too. Although, such as they are,
2: yeah, I it. use my powers for good.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Take it. Uh, I liked it. Why are you doing that? Because that's a great way to promo the book.
0: My powers for good. Mm-hmm. No, 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 or no, no. I, I will mean, fight that's a great... you if you don't read this. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's a great
1: one. But I, I like the idea of right before you do the bump of fist being like, Have you read my book? Not that that's going to have any bearing on how this role is about to go, but have you read it? Oh, <laughs> oh that, no.
0: That's good. The local I'm about to
1: light you up.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying. And what about in like, I, well, and I could play with accents too. Like maybe I would do an Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> accent, or maybe I would try for like a. You know, or like a you know a menacing Russian accent of some kind, or yeah, I don't know. They're just
1: than you think, the two of them. <laughs> but I, I don't know that Schwarzenegger voice lends itself to like pro-literacy kind of uh, expressions of like, "Have you read my book? You will read it now, or you will die."
0: Uh, or you know, his, <laughs> but, but, his but that still and sounds and compelling. It. You're going to see it on Reddit. It's like, have you rolled with Valerie Worthington? She well, does this accent book thing. That... Actually, Val,
1: this is, <laughs> this is genius. What you need to do before you uh, you do a roll is definitely say the following. Come with me if you want to read. And see how that goes for you. <laughs> I'm, uh,
0: I'll start that Reddit thread. I'm not that scared. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Prepared. Oh, my God. I'll be back with my book. <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice promo of you putting a blue belt in a triangle and reading it to them (laughs) is also a good idea. Chapter seven. (laughs) Class with Val. It's going great. I'm learning a lot. (laughs) But you have to
1: do them in like, you know how when you went to the library in second grade, they used to have those posters that just said, like, read. It totally has to be in that vein with a blue belt just... Really dying and Val being like, "Chapter three, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. You're gonna like this one." Or, or, or maybe I just
2: superimpose my face over Rambo's face,
1: Uh-oh. and it just says "read." Oh, that's. <laughs> now we're getting to the point where I want to stop this
0: podcast and get straight to work on marketing materials. <laughs> Kev, I think you had a question though. I well, I was actually also gonna say in terms of just pure application. I recently had to take a break from jujitsu and what mm-hmm. I liked about and I was telling I was telling Val off air, I admitted it. I started reading, intentionally gonna do the grad school skim, which is like a good forty five minute, fifteen page click. And then immediately got hooked. And I can't read that fast when I'm hooked. <laughs> so I was what I enjoy about it is you're holding up a magnifying glass of jujitsu. You've sort of got this idea that hey, these dark clouds are going to roll in, and you kind of have to f- worry about it, but everyone goes through, th- through it in, in different severities, and you sort of talk about just the idea of jiu as a means to heal that. I have found an overwhelming amount of personal healing through jiu-jitsu. You hear that story echoed again. What about it clicked and made you want to write the entire thing down? Because that's a different idea, right? To try and tell your jujitsu story in such an intimate, shot-for-shot way. Where's that? Dis- mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Why did you want to write a book? Because you have to want to to finish one.
2: Yeah, sure. I the reason that I structured the re- so I have two answers to your question. The first one is why I wanted to write the book, and the second the second. Um, answer is why I wanted to write the book in the way I did. So the first question, why I wanted to write the book, I, again, got a lot of, um, a, a lot of girls basically from the, um, from the, uh, the website, the blog posts that I was posting. And I also got some interesting feedback from people who know far more than I do about writing these, you know, we're talking some published authors, some, I, I, um, kind of floated it to a couple of, uh, literary agencies and had an agent for a while. And, um, so when I didn't believe myself that there was a story, people whose opinions I respect far more than my own did, And so I kind of used that to um, bootstrap me into thinking, you know, maybe there is a a there there. Maybe there is something that I have to share. And the more I talked about it and the more I um, kind of brainstormed about it, particularly with people, the more everybody that I talked to said, oh, yeah, you definitely, this is a great story. This is a great um, uh, kind of, you know, adventure tale. So you should definitely do it that way. or You should definitely do it. And I, the, the star sort of aligned to give me the time and the space to do it. And so I thought that I just kind of needed to proceed. And the reason I wanted to write the book the way I did, and what I mean by that is kind of warts and all, and also this idea that, um, you know, you can live happily ever after for about like, two weeks, a month, and then life sort of comes back into play and it um, and, and then you have new headaches and new challenges to deal with is because be, precisely because of books like *Epray Love, which were and E Pray, Love, I thought was, you know, a beautiful story. Um, it was, uh, you know, inspiring and it ended on a really high note. And that's great if you're at that high note place in your own life. But if you're at a place where you're not at the high note then in my case, it makes me feel even worse because I think to myself, you know, I work hard at creating the kind of life I want. I've made some major changes in my life and I, and I really do feel like I'm trying to, to self-actualize, but man, sometimes I still feel crappy. Sometimes I still feel depressed. Sometimes I still feel sad. And a book like *I Pray Love, there was no room for that once, once the journey had ended or once, um, once sort of enlightenment had been, had been uh, attained. And in my experience, it's far more uh, accurate to say that there are moments of enlightenment and maybe, like I said, even a couple of weeks of feeling pretty good and then something will happen to bring you back down to earth or, or that you have to deal with. And so it was really important to me again, because this was the truth of my experience, but also because I suspected that maybe there were other people out there who felt the same way that, you know, you can make the grand gesture and maybe it'll fix things for a while, but then life is going to creep back in and you're still going to have to pay your rent and you're still going to have to argue with your spouse and you're still going to have to, you know, think about the future and, and there needs to be room for those kinds of mundane things in any sort of happily ever after, because, because they they just exist, whether we want them to or not. So that's, that's kind of the the reason that i that i felt like i needed to portray my experience of jiu jitsu as a series of positives of 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 highs and lows mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it's been for me
0: and you you kind of said it life creeps in i think people always have this idea mm-hmm. it's like well if you start training and things are good what, well then i'm there right and then All Mm -hmm. of a sudden you need surgery or you hurt something just tripping or you have to move or a school problem, Mm -hmm. right? Like that stuff isn't always within your control and Mm -hmm. you Mm kind of just stare at your coffee and it's like I need to get out of bed and go.
1: And Val, I have to be very honest with you. There's a discussion of how when you're in it in the book, you sometimes you want to – you crave that feeling that want to be continuously – Uh, Training and always be in it and sometimes you you get kind of like a tunnel vision to it all Where Mm -hmm. it brings you happiness and you know that this comes here and that that's going to bring you happiness And I think it's a wonderful discussion to it because it is what I feel so many of us are chasing is that When we go there, it's really unlike any other experience and the people who go and they get it They get it, but the people who don't are just like you guys are all insane and mm-hmm. so you often have to look at them and go, you're right, we are crazy, but like become one of us and you would understand. And I just I, – I think yep. the thing I always tell people for jiu is that I just hope that other people, if it's not jiu have something like jujitsu that fulfills that purpose for them in their lives because those highs that you experience from it do tend to lend themselves – back into your personal life back into uh mm-hmm. positive features that I, I really think make a bigger difference but that's not to say that when you're doing it you don't experience those lows or those real challenging gritty things you know it's kind of like that that shirt says if jiu jitsu was easy it'd be called sambo so <laughs> you know those sort of things if you want to make the sambo
0: listenership that we have here very angry not my joke but angrier anyway. let's face it they're never <laughs> they're, they're never, never not somewhat angry
1: even as they throw you they're <laughs> super pissed but val you know so you mentioned that as a as a concept and i thought that was so fascinating um one thing that i was eager to ask you was what was it like revisiting this because as we mentioned you know this took place a while ago and you're now able to really look back at it with some perspective and even you are able to call yourself out on a number of things but how was that process of revisiting all of these these academy visits because some of them you know there there's particularly one case where you mentioned that you were in a car and you were crying and you were happy to talk to your parents but it was because you had such a a very unusual i hope um bad experience at a gym that wasn't even happening to you, but that you witnessed to one of the students at a gym. So it, it's that kind of a thing that makes me wonder, you know, you, you feel that way one day when it's happening, but then when you revisit it, how does that process work for you?
2: It's really challenging. It was, it was very emotional for me. So, um, I, one one of the jokes that, that my friends will make about, um, about the book is that I write a lot about all the crying I did <laughs> <laughs> because, because boy, I am a crier. I don't, I may not necessarily do it in public. I really do try to kind of wait until I'm in private, but uh, <clears throat> I do cry a lot. And I, and that's how I kind of process emotion and um, it's cathartic for me and all these things. And so there were lots of places where it was bittersweet for me to revisit both because um, I think at the time that I was traveling, I wasn't equipped enough to truly appreciate what it was that I had had been able to create for myself the experiences that I was able to have, um, and so reliving them, I thought to myself, "Oh man, you know, if I, I would have done this differently, or would have done that differently." Um, and then the other part of it is, particularly with the with the the challenges that I faced in in my jujitsu journey, it's like it's like anything you love, you you have to you have to be willing to look at the warts and all um if you're going to have a meaningful and a realistic relationship with anyone or or anything um and that includes looking at yourself so there was just a lot of i felt very vulnerable when i was on the trip and then i felt very vulnerable again when i was writing about the trip because i was trying to be again as honest as possible about um this this martial art that i love very much but that i know other people love um trying to be honest about my shortcomings and fears and all these things. And so it was, there was, I was definitely, um, it was exhausting emotionally and it was also a little bit nerve wracking because like I implied before, once a book goes out into the world, then it's, (laughs) it's for other people to make the meaning of it that, that they care to make. And I don't have any control over those interpretations. So it was, so it was You know, definitely daunting. It was, it was pretty exhausting but again a labor of love and um if i dare say so a way that i hope i can give back to this martial art that has done so much for me by trying to treat it as honestly and as with as much respect as possible as i possibly can
0: and when you're now out in the world what's the type of feedback you're getting cuz you're pretty active the book is out once again i'm in a training wheels how a Brazilian jiu-jitsu road trip jump-started. Hold on. I've got the end. Mm-hmm. I keep getting the tag. Uh, my search for a fulfilling life, which is already a title that took me about six minutes to read, Rap. No. What's the feedback you're well, getting? Because yeah. it's got to be hard once it's out, because now the art is in the world, right? The painting's on the wall, And people are taking their own interpretations on it, and people are digesting it, and your story is Mm -hmm. now becoming a part of theirs, which is probably – it's a weird feeling.
1: And don't forget, there are some people who have different names who very well could have read their different names and going, this sounds just like, wait a minute, is this me? (laughs) Yes.
2: So a couple things. I – I've been, again, surprised that the people who've reached out to me have pretty much uniformly been positive. That's not to say that there aren't people who read the book and don't like it, but for whatever reason, they haven't, either they haven't been able to find me or they haven't bothered finding me to let me know. So nice. I'm I'm not under the illusion that, you know, everybody loves the book, but I do, I have found that the people who reach out to me are reaching out to say, thank you. You've articulated something that I experience. Um, I, you know, I kept nodding when I was reading um, your descriptions because I thought, oh my gosh, I totally relate to that. I experienced that too. And um, even people who don't train indicated that they could, ex- they could relate to the experience of being, um, of feeling unsure, feeling vulnerable, not knowing what their next step should be, um, you know, having questions about how to live the best life they could possibly live. With the the people that I named, I actually um, reached out to as many of them as I could to let them know and to kind of give them a heads up. And it wasn't a permission thing because it was, you know, truly my um, recollection of what had happened. Um, But to the extent possible, I reached out to people and let them know that I was writing this book. And what was interesting about that was almost to a person, they all were incredibly supportive and they all said, you know what? I was wondering when you were going to write this book. (laughs) It really needed to come out. So I was, I was afraid of their reactions, but I feel like I did the best I could to kind of let them know um, that it was coming, that I tried to represent them and their their role in my development as a martial art as accurately and respectfully as I could. And, uh, you know, and so that hasn't, there hasn't been much if any backlash there. And like I said, I'm not expecting that everybody thinks that, that they sound great or that I'm the bee's knees, but, but anybody who is, um, sort of on the negative end of the opinion spectrum hasn't really reached out so and i'm i'm not inviting you to necessarily <laughs> this is not a, this is not a call to arms but uh, but I, I mean that being said of course it's painful to get the the more negative feedback but it's also incredibly educative so you know
0: but if anyone is just, calling her the bee's knees we're going to need you to identify yourself for bringing back such absolutely. a cool term that has not been getting well
2: absolutely i you know i uh i'm I, I like to think that I have the mentality of a 12-year-old at times, but sometimes I have the vocabulary of, of like a 90-year-old dowager. So,
0: <laughs> A dowager, too. I'm going to have to look that one up after the podcast. Let's remember this is an MMA <laughs> podcast here, Val. Okay, I have your customer reviews in front of me on Amazon. So the people oh, okay. are speaking. Are you glued to these? Do you want to hear these? Do you read them already? Or are they cut I'll out? Read and- I read
2: them. I've read them. And I, it's funny because I basically lied to, the, to some of the people that I had asked to um, write reviews because what I said was, I'm not going to read them. <laughs> but then I did say, and of course I read them all. But then I, sa- I did say, you know I'm not going to hold against anyone a negative review. Or a, a, you know, um, all, that, all that I had really wanted was honest reviews. So I, um, I was kind of dishonest in that I did read the reviews, but again, I wouldn't hold it against anyone who decided that they wanted to give me a negative review. So well, that, it, I w- that promise I will keep too.
0: In Amazon speak, it's one to five stars. I guess you'd say mm-hmm. one would be on the negative side. I mm-hmm. bought a French press that broke immediately, gave it a one star. One so, star. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's start with your one star reviews. Um, <laughs> what a novel way to introduce the bit Kevin good job well there are none okay so I feel pretty confident I'll get through them quickly Very I do good. want to talk about the top customer review which is a five star from David Jacobs who mm-hmm. is well known in the community and someone I accidentally hunked at and screamed, get the fuck out of the way because I thought he was my teammate in the jujitsu parking lot <laughs> Turns out, no. It was this black belt coming from a local school to train with us for the night, and it was Dave <laughs> Jacobs. It was like that's the dumbest thing I've done in a very long time. Uh, fortunately, so, he didn't hear I'm, me.
2: I'm I'm fortunate to be very good friends with Dave Jacobs, which is something that I should should mention both because. Um, because uh, uh, he did the review, and he he mentioned this in his review, that he's also mentioned in the acknowledgments, because he is a very dear friend. But since I know that, since I know Dave, I can almost guarantee that he probably deserved whatever you dished out at him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to so. say, I've looked the man in the eye. He doesn't give a five-star review for funsies. He only does it because he cares. <laughs> and. If you're ever he curious, he doesn't do anything for funsies. No, he, he's very—he <laughs> just chiseled from stone and sort. I mean, he's the Pretty rock, much. right? He's this.
2: His nickname is the Rock. Yes. What does he, he weigh? Is, he's chiseled from stone. What does he weigh? What does do he think? weigh? One hundred
0: and four pounds.
2: I'm, I, I'm gonna guess about a about a buck fifty, but I'm gonna guess that like maybe twenty of that is his ears. See <laughs> so, uh, that because he's got he's got some some big big uh, uh, cauliflower going
0: on. Those are the words, Val. I just, I've just i already publicly done my insult towards Dave Jacobs, uh, <laughs> but he's insanely good, and he will show you that the yeah. uh, size part of this doesn't matter. But the other mm-hmm. five-star reviews, I'm just going to throw a few at you. I truly enjoyed reading this book. Full disclosure, I do not train BJJ, and the title is You Do Not Have to Train BJJ to Love This Book. Another five-star mm-hmm. review. That was from eight days mm-hmm. ago uh mm-hmm. Comments like a very real and honest journey, but these are all nice ones. So let's go back to the two stars. Again, there are none. Raph, I'm fresh out of two Good star job, reviews. Kevin. Yes, this is not. We need people to get a little bitchy here. Where's the no, internet when don't, you need Kevin. them? No. Everyone's just like, "This you, book is great." You want me to cry in public? Uh, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Kevin. A fun, smart a, BJJ. A call to
1: action here, you know. Well worth internet, your time. You're just not being bitchy enough right now, and I really need you to up it. You read it, people. I, if you could venture
2: hey your kids. way over, hey kids, I just got my hair done, so I need you to poop on it.
0: Yeah, right? it's. Well, I mean, a two-star <laughs> review is hardly defecating on one's new hairdo, but I guess I see <laughs> the. You get other comments like great fast read about brazilian jiu-jitsu and more which is kind of a subtle brag that they're also a fast reader but i appreciate their five stars (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh we've got another one that's just a must read for bjj aficionados so we have more people using those highbrow terms Mm -hmm. more than
1: three syllables kevin Mm
0: -hmm. we have an understanding raft (laughs) (laughs) At least half the people that listen to this podcast get hit in the head a lot. Maybe we Mm. should be nice with the more than three syllabic words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've got no bad reviews. How does that feel? This is a positive side. You're getting hit with some uh, tremendous positivity, which is almost harder to deal with.
2: This is, it is great. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It, it's, it's very gratifying. And yeah, it's, uh, it's also weird because yeah. I, I, I actually didn't share this with you, but I'm kind of sitting in the corner, rocking back and forth oh, no. in kind of a soothing manner, <laughs> holding my knees. So it just, no, it's a very, it's, man, um, anything that you do, anything that you put up there, whether it's, a piece of, whether it's a piece of writing or whether it's, um, competing, whether it's teaching a class, I mean, and I'm, I'm just talking about jujitsu here, but it could be anything. It, it's, it's easy to say, oh, this isn't me. I've separated myself from my competition performance. I've separated myself from my, my writing. And that's easy to say. I think it's the thing that I tell myself so that I can actually do it, but I'm still, you know, I still, relive competitions in my head. I still read. I try not to read what I've written in the past because I will edit for grammar yeah. <laughs> and typos and things like that. So it's, it's fantastic and I feel really fortunate and it's also it's almost like I can't make one false move because then I'll be my, my biggest critic.
1: I understand that. I, I am somebody who when I look at my old clips I'll sit there and go Hmm. Mm, I should have written it this way. And, and, and it, for sometimes it's very helpful uh, to make me know exactly what I want to do the next time. I will say when I have written about my training, uh, there has been wonderfully positive notes. So I, I, one of the things I really do like about the community is they really do seem to rally behind hearing people's experiences because I think they can always put themselves in that position. Uh, That's one of the very good things about the jiu-jitsu community, which has its own host of psychological and very, very deep, deep issues unto itself. However, Val, I will say this. Now that you've written a book, and I don't know that you've thought this all the way through, but you should start thinking this immediately because you've written it with our good friend uh, Marshall Carper uh, under the Artichoke Banner –
2: Mm -hmm.
1: who is a despicable human being but we Mm. put up with him Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but see he hasn't prepared you for this i think this is a very important set of questions that we now need to ask ourselves which is have you thought about selling the option rights to this as a movie and if so who would play you
2: okay, I actually have thought about these. Oh, good, good.
1: (laughs) Part of the reason,
2: well, part of the reason is because a friend of mine from high school read the book and reached out to me and said, you know, this is a great book and it would make a great screenplay. (sighs) And so I've talked with him a couple times. He is a screenwriter himself and is, as far as I know, working on a a screenplay and, you know, no promises on either side, but um, he's putting together a script and He'll get in touch with me every now and then and ask me questions about um, details from the book and, you know, and also try to round out the picture with other things that may not have gotten into the book, but but that could be illustrative. Uh, Um, And uh, so hold
1: on. on. I work in Hollywood and that sentence is the one that concerns me the most, because at some point when they are adding in things that were not in the book, you're now fighting aliens and. I just want to make sure that we keep it as grounded as possible because all of a sudden there's going to be a weird like buddy cop element to it. <laughs> I don't know. I was
2: thinking more I was thinking more like a, a you know a lovable dog that you know ends up being a great firefighter or something like that.
1: Hey, Airbud works. That's a formula. Yeah. It's a thing. So I'm uh, – dogs it work is. all the time. If you had a adorable dog in there, that's a great additive. However, yeah. if for some <laughs> reason you have, let's say, Channing Tatum as the guy who teaches you the ways of jiu-jitsu, I'm probably going to say, D- wait, what? Did that happen? <laughs> I don't think that's right. There's Fair a LeBron enough.
0: James cameo at an Arby's yeah. just outside of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because at some point Fair I'm gonna enough. sit
0: there and I'm gonna think about it and be like, is this
1: Val's book or is it Thelma and Louise? I'm I don't
0: remember. I don't remember this many explosions. I, it's okay. I'm writing down.
1: I'm writing down all of these quote unquote suggestions
2: because, <laughs> man, you got to leave it open for a sequel.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: But that was my next right? question. Is so you, now that you've been talking about, okay, well, we'll we'll get to the sequel in a second. But have you thought about yep. who you want to play? You though
2: yes i have actually and i'll i'll say her name and then i'll tell you why the person that i've thought of is mindy kaling and mindy kaling is an is a comedian who is about i want to say about the age i was when i when i went on my trip she has she i think she's incredibly funny she also has more confidence than i did um and i would love for i would love for that to come across in some ways let let me rephrase that i did i did brave crazy things at least that were brave and crazy for me and i was scared about them but i did them anyway and that's the impression that i get about the characters that mindy kaling plays is that she has misgivings and doubts and she goes on and does things anyway and um i think she plays that very well Another thing is that she happens to be an alumna from my alma mater. She went to um, Dartmouth College, I think, about 10 years later than I did. But, uh, you know, as soon as I learned that about her, I was like, oh, she should she should play me. (laughs) (laughs) But but there so so she was she was kind of the first person who came to mind. Um, And other people have talked about people who look like me. Um, Or that I look like, um, which is, of course, um, flattering to me. But uh, in terms of personality, she just seems to she seems to kind of be the way I felt I was back then, you know, just making everything into a joke and being scared of things, but still actually being pretty competent and doing what she wanted to do.
1: And here's the important thing. She's used to uh, doing voiceover narratives, which I think would be important for book in a translation to any kind of movie where there is an mm-hmm. emphasis on the words. Are you prepared for her to take a scrap at the actual script? Because writer, producer, yeah, just, uh, speaking mm-hmm. as one of those, um, mm-hmm. when I get involved, I definitely, even if I'm hired as an actor, I'm like, Oh, these words are interesting. Can I, do you mind if I just, <laughs> I'm just going to go, you know what? I wouldn't say any of this. I'm just going to improv it. We'll just go from there.
2: Yeah. Are you going to kill my darlings? No, I, (laughs) I understand. I, and, and that would be, that would actually be pretty amazing if I could be particularly if I could sort of observe and see what, what all that entails, because that, that's all, I, I don't know anything about that. Interestingly, a lot of people from my alma mater have ended up in, you know, pretty prominent positions in Hollywood and in show business. Um, but I, I don't know anything about it. So it would be kind of fun to, you know, like just lean, o- lean over her shoulder and breathe loudly out my mouth <laughs> and, and, and poke her every now and then and say, what does that mean? What are you doing there? What are you, doing there? What are you also- doing there? And then like sneeze without, you know, hold, like without covering my face and stuff like that. That would be great.
0: It's a great way to go the other way. And in doing the project, she wants to learn jujitsu from you. So you Absolutely. bring on a new student, and then we can look at more than just Ashton Kutcher. Every time someone's like, "Oh, he could beat a purple belt," For real. Uh, not that I don't. Obviously, I know he's training. Internet, I know. Mm-hmm. I saw the. Yep. I saw the many, but this is he could chance. take on uh, Conor McGregor. Don't forget that. Kevin. I, how could I forget something yeah. like that? And I but the
2: other thing about Mindy is that she could also she could train and she could bust out with the hilarious tweets all the time. Ashton nice. Kutcher is very funny, but Mindy Kaling just crazy. man.
0: He's okay.
1: We have different <laughs> constitutions
0: of really what funny, funny, really. Is really not. Maybe,
1: but you are also wonderfully polite. I would say Ashton Kutcher is <laughs> um quirky and has a great social media following.
0: Mm-hmm. but Mindy is funny. Yeah. Real, real funny. <laughs>
2: good save. Good save. Yes. And <laughs> <We> just... <laughs> I have
0: a suggestion for the kicker title for the sequel. God. Training mm-hmm. wheels off roadin'. Nope. Yup. Nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yep. That's <good>. so dumb. <laughs> That's the second one.
2: You it's we... better than what I was thinking of, which is training ing wheels.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i think mine's gonna do better in middle america i will I, tell you this right now
1: somewhere out there marshall carper is just banging his head against a wall
0: <laughs> it's not gonna happen did they add explosions 10 minutes ago uh, yeah he's probably when were they on a boat this is not working in the middle of nowhere <laughs> how
1: did that happen
0: And about <laughs> you're busy We've got a somewhat pivot. We've now done a good amount of time. Uh, We haven't even geeked out about some of your (laughs) uh, deep half game or anything like that. But we want to hear about (laughs) groundswell grappling as well. And before we
1: do, I just want to say something real quick. In the time that we've been talking with her, and she doesn't know that I know this, she has released an article while we've been doing this. (laughs) So... Uh, I believe it's for inverted gear. Uh, it's the... I did write something for inverted gear. Jesus! It, it just came out like as we're talking. We're and trying I'm
0: trying like, to do an interview here, Val. Now maybe is not the time? Right
1: <laughs> you're literally <laughs> talking to us, and you're like, oh, well, write an article this now. No big deal. Boop, boop, boop.
0: No,
2: no. I I sent this. I sent. So let me back up. for For those of your audience who don't know. Nelson Puentes and Hillary Witt are the awesome black belt married couple who are the masterminds behind inverted gear. They are my sponsors. They give me stuff um, that I get to wear and it's awesome stuff. It's great gear, but the best part about it is that Nelson and Hillary are just amazing people. They are people who are doing good in this world and in the jujitsu world. And it just, it's it's awesome to be associated with them, and I'm really fortunate to be able to call them friends. Um, and so, one of the ways that I get to give back is by contributing to their website. So I wrote a, an article for them that they that passed muster, and that they uh, that they I guess published while we were
1: talking. Oh, what so. a convenient sort of thing here. I guess they just published what a what a great no lady. Right
0: we heard that. We, we what's heard.
1: closer to the truth what's closer to the truth is that
2: may I may or may not be playing words with friends while we're talking. But I'm not gonna say. <laughs>
0: hey, whatever you do to maintain, you've been very engaging. We'll take it. It's always <laughs> if this is you
1: working with maybe a fraction of your brain while being a guest, I have very bad news for a number of our other guests. So <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Uh, Yes, if you guys are looking for that article, it's called Easy Rock Your Way to Being a Better Training Partner uh, by Val. It is on the Inverted Gear website. You can check it under their blog section. It's actually really cool. Um, If I were being very honest, I was able to read it while also doing excellent communication (laughs) skills myself. I was going to say, you
0: seem to know a lot about the article. Am I the only one? Enable to multitask over here. How do you yes. just read and talk? I've always thought about that when uh, wow, Kevin. See people with the teleprompter. It's always like, Yeah, I think I did just extemp it. But props definitely. to you but- two, um, for the excellent. I'll stay tuned in for the rest of America. Groundswell grappling. Mm.
2: Yeah. So Groundswell Grappling Concepts is a business that I run with my business partners, Emily Kwok and Hanette Stack. And you may have heard of them before because they're both world champions. Um Hanette multiple times over and Emily is the first female black belt to come out of Canada. So in addition to being incredibly accomplished, they are also delightful people that I get to call business partners and friends. And we, um, we run events. We do many things, but one of the main things that we do sort of our um, our uh, st- our kind of lifeblood is we run events. Um, they originally were only for women camps where women could come together from all over the country and even the world if they were so inclined um, to train with a critical number of women. They're when we started the camps, this was back in 2009, um, there just weren't very many women training. And there are more and more each year, which is fantastic. But for the women who were coming to our camps, they frequently were the only woman at their academy. And so the opportunity to look at a mat that was covered with women and have your choice of, do I roll with this black belt woman or that that female brown belt? Or, you know, look, there's someone who is a blue belt like me, and we're about the same size, and we're both women. And Mm -hmm. that those kinds of experiences were very rare for a lot of people who were coming up in the, in what is it, the aughts. So, um, so we started doing these events and they were very popular. And what we realized was that the message that we had about, um, about, you know, being personally responsible for your training, we call it owning your training um, about being articulate about what it is that you want out of jujitsu and how you can make a contribution to jujitsu. These are messages that are important for women, but we we sort of started to hear clamoring from men for the opportunity to participate. And so we now do co-ed events as well. And our next co-ed event is actually the weekend after um, the 4th of July in Chicago. So it'll go June or July uh, 8th through 10th, Friday through Sunday, um, at Hanette Stacks uh, um, Academy Brazil 021, which she runs with her husband, Andre Terencio. So it's just a great opportunity for me to get the chance to chat with lots of people, um, Hanet and Emily for sure, but also the other upper belts and leaders in the community who have, um, who have kind of the same mentality we do, which is <clears throat> that if it's properly wielded, then jujitsu really can be a force for good in the world. And so how do we join forces to make that happen? So at this particular camp, we're going to have eight black belts in attendance, four men and four women. And that's unprecedented for us. And it's going to be, it, it, and they're, they're not, they're black belts who also kind of have the same mentality we do about um, what jujitsu can do and can be. And so we're really excited to have the opportunity to work with those people and to bring um, some lower belts along for the ride and, and just kind of get a sense of what it is that people need in their jujitsu communities that they're not getting. How they could help to to um, support their academies and making that happen, and just how to how to focus on the positive and make the positive aspects of jujitsu far 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 outweigh the negative ones. So that's what we're up to.
0: That's, that's awesome! Mm. Really badass website. That's what I was thinking. you guys, thanks. And is this a way to sort of keep your? You seem like someone that's creatively and just jujitsu wise uh very driven is this fit into the artistic side for you as well how do you merge them
2: i feel like there are so in my life in my life in general i have a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of time and for a long time most of my energy and time was taken up with jujitsu that's still the case although i've kind of Struck a slightly different balance as I as I get older and as my priorities shift. But what I've also realized is that even in just talking about the the time and energy that I have for jujitsu, it used to be all related to my own training. So getting better at jujitsu, competing, you know, resting, making sure that I was eating well so that I could get up and train again the next day. As I moved up through the ranks. And I, I wonder if this happens with, um, with a lot of people who just happen to get a brown belt or get a black belt. As I moved up through the ranks, it seemed like I was called upon more and more to, um, to take on leadership roles. And that meant teaching. It meant, um, even when we didn't think that the first women's camps were going to go anywhere, we had, we had to cap it, cap them at 30. So we knew we were onto something. Um, so I've started to think about, how I can best um, use my jujitsu time and my jujitsu energy. And it means dividing it among multiple things, my own training, teaching, working with um, groundswell grappling concepts and doing my own writing, because these are all ways that I can feel personally fulfilled and like I'm giving something back. So that's kind of how it all fits together for me. And I wouldn't say that there's a perfect proportion on any given day, There could be times when I spend the entire time teaching and then I'm too exhausted to train myself. There could be times when I was planning to go and train, but I'm getting to a particularly kind of important point in something that I'm writing and I don't want to lose the thread. So I try to be, I try to keep in mind what these things are, these different aspects of of my jujitsu attention. um, But I try to be a little bit flexible in how they play themselves out from day to day.
1: That's awesome. That's a very good thing to do Uh, at my own micro level. I guess it's kind of fun because I'll show up maybe a few minutes late to jujitsu and people will be like, Raph hates warmups. And I was like, I need warmups more than all of you. (laughs) Let's be very clear. Right. I was in the middle of writing something about jujitsu. And if I didn't Mm -hmm. finish it or if I was podcasting, just know I always want to be here. So I uh, Mm -hmm. I on my even micro level, do completely understand and get that. Uh you know Val you've been such a a person that we've wanted to talk to for so long and I know we wanted to talk about the book and I know we wanted to talk about a little bit about groundswell but one thing I wanted to ask you in particular because I value your opinion I think that you are a great journalist but I always feel like we get the topic of uh females in jujitsu and females in grappling And it's a podcast for a different day. But just on its smallest level, what is something that we can be better doing to be more inclusive to that? Because I I feel like there's still kind of a wall and I feel that people, you know, we still have people on forums who just go, eh, it's not a problem. There's no issues. Mm -hmm. We're fine. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you because you are a black belt. You've been doing this. You know, you've been doing grappling so long. It's able to vote now. That's how long you've been doing grappling. (laughs) But for us, we try to be a very inclusive program and very, very um, open in that definition of we think we can do better. But what are things that, on a small level, we could be doing uh, just a little bit better? You think?
2: Sure. I so this is the way I think about it, and I haven't I haven't written an article about this, but this is kind of on my on my docket. I think I think that jujitsu for women is entering women's Jiu Jitsu 2.0 and here's what I mean by that women's Jitsu 1.0 was god just get them on the mat just get women in numbers on the mat get them to feel like they have a place on the at the table that they have a, that, that there is a place for them to train and that can be things as simple as making sure that that uh, the female students have an actual designated bathroom so that they don't have to change in a paint closet or um that there isn't a lot of uh you know people still use kind of terms that are derogatory that are related to women's plumbing and things like that as you know a negative. So eradicate those kinds of things. Treat women with the, with the same kind of respect that they're treating jiu-jitsu. So treat them as, as if they're students, but understand that everybody's got different needs in terms of why they come to train. So understand everybody's motivation for training, not just, not just women's. But so Jiu Jitsu 1.0 was, was that, and I think, you know, we still have some, some work to do there. Um, You know, I've had people not want to train with me for a variety of reasons. It it happens less and less as, as uh, that my belt level has gone up, but, but there were, there were lots of men who didn't want to train with me and I wasn't going to try to force them, but I think that speaks to the, the the issue of kind of the overall environment, the overall climate of any academy or of just jujitsu in general. And here, in my mind, is where we get to um, jujitsu 2.0. And jujitsu 2.0 for women, in my mind, is the idea of of making a place for women in positions of leadership. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you are thinking, you know, what I'd really like to have, I, I'm an academy owner. I'd really like to have someone come. And do a seminar at my academy. Consider one of the incredibly decorated um, women who, who is is an incredible competitor, or someone you know is a wonderful teacher, and model as a male instructor that it is that is just as effective to learn from a woman as it is from a man. One of the things that I'm really fortunate um, to have is the main academy I train at is Emily, um, Emily Quox and her business partner, Art Kintz's it's Princeton Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. They are a male, female team who run an academy. I train there. I teach there sometimes. There's never a question, but that what Emily teaches and what art teaches are exactly the same in terms of quality. um, And that's the kind of, that's the kind of clientele that they get. And I think that if there is that, that, the the desire to support women in jiu-jitsu and the desire to have women stay in jiu-jitsu, if we go to this 2.0 idea, it's time for that to propagate up into positions of leadership. And sometimes there are women who are teaching women's classes, and sometimes there are women who are teaching kids' classes. But what I'm talking about is, look around at all the unbelievably accomplished women, black belts, brown belts, who who you know really put their their mark on our sport, and find them, either bring them in for a seminar or I, I, you know, Skype with them, find out from them what they would do, but in some ways, in some meaningful ways, inc- increase the leadership of women in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I think that's to me what I'm calling women's Jiu Jitsu
1: 2.0. And I like that. I, I like that it's. Uh... A perspective shift because it's not hard to do. And there are plenty of people who I think are, are wonderfully talented. I think that it's interesting because Joe Rogan has this very famous quote of, you know, if you really want to learn jujitsu, find the smallest guy in the gym and learn from them. And I've kind mm-hmm. of amended that of, well, if you really want to learn jujitsu, don't find just the smallest guy in the gym, find the smallest girl in the gym, because if she's still around, her technique is going to be quite good. Mm -hmm. And that's why half the time they're some of the best training partners is because they have to go through that that, that strife and they do that. And you do find that they don't necessarily have those leadership positions yet. But for me, I feel like it's important to keep that dialogue going because the people who say that it's not a problem or that it's not a thing I think are grossly overlooking a number of factors. So Mm – it is it is an important discussion. Like I said, it is it is definitely apt for another full podcast uh, into itself. I know for that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always good to try and uh, at least get that conversation going. So thank you for a very good answer. I really I think that's a a, a wonderful way to look
0: at it. Val, oh wonderful, yeah, I, yeah,
2: wonderful.
0: Your uh, your you're I was going to say, Raph and I actually, if anything, people can just go take a seminar with Chelsea Bainbridge Donner. You'll you will not be disappointed. <laughs> She will softly beat the hell out of you in the role after the class, after the seminar. So that's
2: awesome. Where do I I sign?
1: Yeah. Where
0: do I sign? Uh, (laughs) Just go to L.A. and tell Raph you're coming with a few days' notice. (laughs) He seems to be able to make it happen.
1: But every time he comes to L.A., and he comes to visit, like, once every year or so. He definitely will look at me. Raph, can you just assemble a Nogi seminar, maybe some emphasis on wrist locks that would be great
0: <laughs> i'm like you want me to do this by when <laughs> oh by thursday okay well let me see what i can do sure <laughs> enough 10 planet costa mesa is having a chelsea baybridge daughter seminar perfect it was amazing. like here you
1: go you get all all of it in one kevin and then meanwhile you know kevin's looking at and he's like this is amazing she's got the best back take in this transition to an armbar mm-hmm. wrist lock is the most amazing and it's i was like well passing. thank you chelsea <laughs> yeah then well I, it
2: really is if if you're a person who a person who has has misgivings about learning from a woman then it really is time to think about you know am i putting my ego at the door which is what everybody says we're supposed to do yeah. are you you know what is your what makes you think that you can't learn from a woman and chances are it has to do with, well, you know, no woman's going to tell me what to do. And, you know, that's fine. But then you don't get to say that you are better at putting your ego at the door than anybody else.
1: Just Let's man. be very clear. Yesterday uh, over at John's gym at Breakdown Academy, mm-hmm. there is a brown belt practitioner. And I'm bigger than her, but I'm the most scared of her because I'm like she has her shit together. And not only is she aggressive, she's a great training partner. She's better than me. And if I don't take these opportunities to learn – then I'm not doing jiu-jitsu right. Like, okay. I don't know. It's, it's it's baffling that there are still some weird seedy issues that aren't brought into the light, but that you know exist. And that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, at its most extreme are, I think, the worst parts of jiu-jitsu, um, a sport that, you know, yourself, myself, Kevin, all of the people who listen to this podcast, we hope, just have a true passion for. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can... Uh, enact change in in the smallest of ways that have a larger impact. But Kev, did you have something?
0: I do. So obviously we would love to talk to you for the next two days, but we have to return our guests back into their lives or the wild, whichever whichever (laughs) you think about. So let's do one final. The book is Training Wheels, How a Brazilian (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu Road Trip Jumpstarted My Search for a Fulfilling Life. The author is Valerie Worthington. Val, Why should people read this book? If I'm listening right now, why should I go buy this book?
2: Because I am willing to bet that the things that I write about in the book are things that people have thought about in their own lives in some form or fashion. They may not be related to jujitsu per se, but everybody has had questions about taking this path or that path, um, even if it's difficult and, um, I like to think that I share my own experiences with, with making those choices with a little bit of humor and a lot of honesty and, um, and hopefully some compassion for, for other people.
0: It's awesome.
1: Can I write a blurb that you can't possibly publish? Yes. Okay. It's really fucking good there you go rafa spars on a verbal tap (laughs) june
0: (laughs) maybe if you replace the uck with some different Eh, uh, i'm not i'm not censoring
1: myself not on my own podcast (laughs) dare i i meant in the (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) val thanks so much for swinging by and talking to us about the book training wheels verbal tap go get it black belt writer valerie worthington thank you so much for being on the podcast
2: thank you guys you're welcome and I really really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and to talk with you in a like a jokey way basically this is the way I talk to everyone so all the jokes and attempted jokes it's just it was delightful thank you so much
0: Raph I would like to train with Val, I also like to get her autograph. Absolutely. So she, people should go buy the book. She's amazing. I,
1: wait, wait, hold on. We're waiting on word to find out if she's going to release another article by the time this podcast is done. <laughs>
0: she's, uh, she just did a little short, thirty-two page short memoir, just for mm-hmm. some friends while we were chatting with her. But for funsies, yeah, that's what happens when you're an intellectual. You can multitask, or so I'm told. Raph, that's how it works. Yeah, but nobody's
1: ever going to tell you how it really happens, though.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I have been asking. That's mm. all we've got here at Verbal Tap tonight. Let's do some shout-outs. I'll start. Rafael Lovato Jr. is coming, so shout-out to Matt Jabera for who yeah, he don't trains with. I
1: think I didn't put that in the consideration <laughs> file as well, because I said, that motherfucker, of yeah. course he's getting a Lovato yeah.
0: seminar. I was second to sign up, Raf. I don't really? know how the first person beat me. I was second. I heard it and I just went running to where I could sign up. What if you
1: what if you had found out that, that it was me? That I had somebody surrogate <laughs> sign up for me It was like, fuck you, I know you're surprised.
0: Reverse surprise. I guess I would not have that would not have shocked me. That sounds like exactly what you would do. Oh yeah, Kevin, I've known about the Lovato seminar for a month now. Well, well I knew I'll be you were there.
1: coming this whole time. I've actually been preparing as well. In fact, I the Kaiser Sosewin's
0: the whole you, thing. Uh,
1: you told me you were lifting, and I said we don't do that here, Kevin. <laughs> that breaks a rule. He's coming to surprise me. That motherfucker.
0: Yeah, it's all coming back to rap now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna do it for me.
1: <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and shout out some uh, gym stuff. Let's shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Had some great training over there today. Uh, all, you know, it, it, that's how you can tell the people who are truly uh, committed is that they come through on the day before, 4th of July, and they go hard. So uh, great training over there. I also want to thank Breakdown Academy. Breakdown. Great stuff coming up. We've got a seminar on Wednesday, July 13th. It's going to be with Alex Eklund. It is, I believe, at 7, 730. It is a $40 donation because our good friend Alex Eklund is opening up his own gym, and it's all donation-based. So uh, it's going to be a Breakdown Academy. We're going to have more information about that coming up. I think within the next week, but he's going to stop by and do some no-gee seminar stuff before he competes at EBI 7. So you definitely want to get in some of that. I have questions about his G-roll because guess what, Kevin? You have a seminar. I get not just one, maybe two. We'll have more information about that next week.
0: Pretty. That's going to be an awesome seminar, too, as he's gearing up for EBI 7. That's a good time to talk to people, people.
1: And uh, I guess our final shout-out goes to my lovely wife, Kelly. It was a wonderful surprise. Uh, All kidding aside, I do really, really enjoy actually hanging out with Kevin. So um, I thought it was wonderful between the two of you guys to have come up with that surprise. Um, It wasn't anything I was expecting. So it was definitely out of left field. And when she explained that to me, yeah, I definitely went through the fuck Kevin And then after I went through all of that, I said, well, I'm going to be excited to see him because uh, it's always more fun for you guys. You get great nonsense. And uh, aside when we do this podcast, Kevin's actually a very fun human being to be around. So it is nice to be able to uh, hang out with one of your good friends for, you know, a good amount of time. So. Afterwards, we'll we'll ship them away once I get tired of them. So.
0: And we just train and podcast. That's all that's we do. It. And yeah. it's amazing. My jujitsu game could use it. It's time to go. It's time to <laughs> take, the, take the L.A. beating that's coming to me. And I can't wait. I saw all of the happy birthday messages for you, which is something that's just sort of heartwarming. Memes especially. Strongly encouraged, everyone. Don't stop. <laughs> Feel free to keep making birthday or any wrath memes as the year continues because uh, they're amazing. And that's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. I could have used another
1: week. Oh, well, I think you like, could have like, too. If I'm being honest. One more. Yeah.